G'day and welcome back to Australian Migration Unplugged, the podcast about Australian immigration brought to you by Migration Solutions. I'm your host, Mark Glasbrook, and I started working in the migration profession in 1998 and first became registered as a migration agent and founded Migration Solutions in 2001. If you have any questions about Australian immigration, including visas, employer-sponsored migration, cancellations or appeals, talk to Migration Solutions today. Today we're talking about Section 48 of the Migration Act and here with me today we have Vanessa. (laughs) Hello everyone, this is my first um, podcast so it's all very new to me but uh, my name is Vanessa, I'll be joining Mark today. Um, You may have been familiar with some of my work through Facebook Live but I work predominantly on family visas and appeals to the AAT, Administrative Appeals Tribunal. Um, So I do have a lot of experience and see a lot of uh, applicants and clients who are impacted by Section 48. And just for those that don't know what Section 48 is, and and I guess those of you who are affected by Section 48, you'll know exactly what it means. But essentially, in the migration rules and regulations and guidelines, there's a provision, Section 48, that says if you're in Australia and you've had a visa refused or cancelled and you currently don't hold a substantive visa, then you're unable to lodge... Oh, and you've had an application refused or cancelled. Did I say that? Yes. Then, um, And you don't hold a substantive visa, then you're unable to lodge an application in Australia unless the application is uh, mentioned in Regulation 2.12, which is a spouse visa, a protection visa or a medical treatment visa. So what we believe that because of COVID is that the federal government and the Minister for Immigration, Mr Alex Hawke, make an amendment to Regulation 2.12 to allow other types of visas to be able to be lodged in Australia where someone is affected by Section 48. Why that's very important is prior to COVID, it was entirely possible and very easy for someone to get permission to leave Australia, go to New Zealand or Bali or Fiji for a week, and then lodge a visa application, so they were outside of Australia, therefore not affected by Section 48 of the Act, then return back to Australia. But because of COVID, it's now, one, dangerous to travel, Mm -hmm. two, it's uh, virtually impossible to leave, and three, if you do manage to get out of the country, coming back is very challenging. Yes. It's definitely not advised at the moment to travel. But yeah, it's interesting because the government's introduced other visas and certain concessions. So the 408 COVID visa that we see a lot of now. Um, And it's surprising that that's not one of the visas that you can apply for under Regulation 2.12. That's a good point. Because it is a COVID visa. That's a very interesting point, Vanessa. As Mark takes some notes. (laughs) Yeah, so um, the 408 COVID visa, as as some might know, um, it is a visa there that that has been implemented because of COVID, or or 408 has been there, but there is a stream of that that is um, known as a COVID visa. So it's there for people who have a bridging visa that's about to expire and work in certain sectors Or just any visa. Or any visa, yep. So you can get it with work rights if you're working in a critical sector. Yep. Um, Or you get it without work rights if it's a non-critical sector. Mm-hmm. But interesting, getting back to Section 48 and Regulation 2.12, how many people do we see that have 
got an invitation to apply for a skilled migration visa through the state or territory governments nominated for a skilled migration visa and they can't apply because they're affected by Section 48 and they can't leave. And some of these people have been working their entire, not their entire lives, but have been working a long time and have been studying towards meeting the eligibility requirements and now they can't leave. Yep. So it's a, it's a problem. Now, when COVID hit originally um, and the original impact of COVID affected many potential visa applicants, I wrote to the Immigration Minister and I wrote to the Immigration Department. So it's not like the department aren't aware of this no. and it's not like the minister's not aware of no. this, but they still continue to do nothing. Changes have been made because of COVID to a whole range of different visas, but not to Regulation 2.12. It would be a very, very easy fix. Mm. And, and like you're saying, I mean, we're not asking for the government to change the legislation and introduce all these new things, but it isn't difficult to add further visas or visas of certain occupations to, to Regulation re- 2.12. And it would, make, it would make absolute sense because some of these people that are trying to apply for a skilled migration visa yep. are registered nurses or enrolled nurses and we've seen firsthand an application where someone's an enrolled nurse they're working in regional south australia their employer desperately wants to keep them here yet the immigration department are saying too bad yeah and on the one hand you've got the government saying we need all of these skilled workers and we need people to work in regional areas when we actually have a lot of them here in australia or here in south australia Um, they're just impacted by section 48 What's really interesting is people can get affected by Section 48 through no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. We've seen a situation recently where someone is affected by Section 48 because the Immigration Department refused a student visa and the refusal of the student visa was ridiculous. We see other situations where the decision by the department to refuse a nomination for an RSMS visa automatically results in the person having their visa refused. So their visa's been refused not because they've done the wrong thing, but only because a delegate of the department have made a decision which sometimes is quite questionable. And then not to mention the length of time it takes to try and fix that decision and get it overturned by the AAT. And this goes back to then what happens if there's a change in the structure of the nominating business during that time. What we mean by that is immigration take about two years to process an RSMS visa application. If it's refused and it goes to the tribunal, it will take at least another two Two years. years. During that whole four-year, or the two years that it's at the tribunal, they're affected by Section 48. Mm -hmm. So if they wanted to lodge a skilled migration application, they can't. Mm -hmm. Well, not on shore anyway, because they're affected by Section 48. If the department or the tribunal set aside that original decision and the person's on a bridging visa, they're still affected by Section 48 because they still hold a non-substantive visa. Yes. But I guess a a situation where we've seen this have an impact on someone was a client of ours, and we're still currently working on this, a client of ours who had their student visa refused because the department didn't believe they were a genuine student. They went to the AAT themselves and that application was unsuccessful. Then I think they went to the federal court for a while and then we've intervened and got involved and we've gone to the minister and said, Minister, in this situation... We believe that you should get involved and allow this person to lodge an application in Australia and not be affected by Section 48 because through no fault of their own, their student visa was refused. This person's an enrolled nurse. So in this situation, it's interesting. And in other situations, what I find interesting is that you can have someone, an enrolled nurse, 
nominated by the South Australian government for a 491 skilled migration visa. They get an invitation from the federal government to lodge a general skilled migration application, but then they can't because of Section 48, even though the country is crying out for enrolled nurses. And that's nurses. two really good, uh, I guess, examples. So one, having visas like the 408 visa that should be um, allowed, even though someone may be Section 48 barred, and then also allowing people who have been invited by state governments should be a concession to allow them to apply on shore. Yeah, well, that's what the change could be in Regulation 2.12. Yep. We will accept spouse visas, partner visas, humanitarian visas, medical treatment visas, or skilled migration applications where someone's been sponsored by a state or territory government and invited to apply by the federal government, or where the person wants to apply for a 408 pandemic visa. And I feel like, especially in the case of the skilled visa, it's something that should be the case anyway. COVID's just really highlighted how important it is. For sure, Someone Absolutely. shouldn't leave and come back in when they're skilled and we need them here. They, they shouldn't be forced That's right. to leave. When you consider that the primary consideration or reason for Section 48 existing is to stop non-genuine people. Well, they're clearly not non-genuine because the federal government's given them an invitation to apply for a skilled visa, thus being assessed as a genuine applicant. Interesting, there's the Joint Standing Committee inquiry into skilled migration that's happening at the moment as well. I spoke to the committee or someone connected to the committee today and they indicated that the final report will be released within the next fortnight, which is very interesting. Now, part of my recommendations to that inquiry was with regard to Section 48. Yep. It will be interesting to see whether or not any recommendations are made by the committee looking into the inquiry about onshore applications for people affected by COVID. I guess we'll, we'll wait and see. Common sense would see the government introduce some provision to allow people to apply onshore. Common sense doesn't always come into it. Doesn't leave much hope. (laughs) So we'll wait and see. um, Wait and see what happens. I remember. I'm not sure when it was. Maybe July. Oh, July. It's July now. So about a year ago, we put a petition up on Change.org, and I do remember we did say we had a bit of a joke about this in a Facebook Live session that if we got to ten thousand signatures, that Nam are. Senior practice manager <laughs> was going to shave his head, which is a I big thing for Nam to do. It we is can't a, even get him to wear a hat. It is. Um, it is. He's very um, hair proud. I think. He, yeah, very hair proud, <laughs> and so he should be too. Yes, he's he got a good be. head of hair. Good set but of hair. He's getting. He's getting a little bit worried because we're up to eight thousand seven hundred and fifty signatures. Uh, that's significant. Now, so not only have I written to the minister, yes, well, actually to several ministers because it was Tudge. Mm-hmm. It's now Hawke. Um, and on multiple occasions. And on multiple <laughs> occasions. And we've talked about this on Facebook Live and, and we've written to the Immigration Department. We've got our Section 48 change.org petition where we're at 8,750 signatures. And, and please jump online and support this because the more people that support changes to Section 48 and more importantly changes to Regulation 2.12 the better chance we have of actually getting something done about this. Now, to me, it makes absolutely zero sense that the government and the minister are digging their heels in and are so reluctant to make a temporary change, which is entirely appropriate given that COVID is beyond the circumstances of every single person 
that wants to apply for a visa but mm-hmm. can't because of Section 48. Normally those yeah. people would leave and come back. And we're not saying open it up to everybody. I mean, there are obviously people who have done the wrong thing or have used visas for the wrong purposes. It's still having control and having a balance of those visas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, importantly, that is the purpose of Section 48, yeah. is to make sure that people don't misuse or abuse the, the, the migration program and lodge applications that they're not entitled to just to extend their stay in Australia. But clearly that's not the case in this situation. Yeah. And there's no reason why you can't have critical sector workers or those who have been invited by certain states um, who fall within those categories to apply onshore. And when they've got an invitation to apply from the yes. federal government, but yep. they can't because they're stuck onshore and Section 48 is precluding them from being able to do it. Makes no sense. Anyway, that's a quick update from us about Section 48. I'm sure that you might find that interesting or enlightening. Join us next time when we talk about something else. Or Nam's hair. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) You've been listening to the Australian Migration Unplugged podcast brought to you by Migration Solutions. For more expert migration advice or assistance, head to www.migrationsolutions.com.au. And remember, if you have any questions about Australian immigration, including visas, employer-sponsored migration, cancellations or appeals, talk to Migration Solutions today.